Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. The great and the good in tourism gathered this week in London for the world tourism, world travel market. Tourism Ireland will be there banging the drum over for, for us to drive visitors to the entire island of Ireland and will be able to say that tourism levels have mostly recovered since the pandemic. The company has a new boss, the former Google boss, Alice, Alice Manser, and she's sitting with, uh, with us now in front of us. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Joe. We'll talk about your travel, your journey, your travel journey from high tech to more traditional tourism in a moment. First of all, explain the world travel market and what it does and what goes on there. Well, it's the biggest B2B travel trade event in the world. And it's really a platform to introduce local tourism businesses from the island of Ireland. Think about whiskey distilleries, horse-drawn carriages, boat trips, causeway walks, Mm -hmm. etc. We bring over those local tourism businesses that add so much colour and joy to the industry in the island of Ireland. And we give them a platform at the event to meet with international tour operators who are booking in itineraries, who are going to bring visitors and millions in revenue in the years to come. And so those two parties sit down together and they hash out deals that are fantastic. Sounds like a bit like a speed dating event in many ways. A a little bit like a speed dating event for tourism, yes. And you're hoping to commercially consummate that relationship. Exactly right. There will be itineraries booked and deals done. Okay. Of the operators, would would, would we know the big operators? Does it include TUI, for example? Does it include the big platforms like Booking.com or anything like that? Yeah, exactly. Imagine all of the the big tour operators who are going to be contracting and booking rooms. So after this travel market. You have a fairly decent idea what the market's going to be like next year and potentially even 25. Well, certainly for the 75 businesses who attend, it gives them a foundation that they know who the big tour operators are, who Mm. will be coming to them. I mean, we look at a range of signals when we're thinking about the health of the recovery, keeping in mind it's our first year post-pandemic restrictions Mm -hmm. and everybody in the industry is keen for recovery. We're not quite there yet in full, Mm -hmm. but there are some positive signals ahead. Yes, we've just had our world travel market event, but also if you look at flight access, which Mm -hmm. is so very important when you're an island, how mm-hmm. do you get people here? Um, and coming to the end of 2023, we see that air access to the island is now above 2019 levels, not just overall, but also for some really important source markets for us, like the US will yeah. be at 112% of where it was in 2019, um, Great Britain at 103%. So those are all positive signals for us. But I think we do have further to go on the recovery and making sure that it's really evenly and positively spe- spread around our regions and our seasons. Well, that is very important. And get access is very important. Dublin Airport, as you know, has a cap on the number. It's the largest airport in this country by a mile, in this island by a mile. But there's a cap on the number of physical people that can come into it. There are plans afoot to raise that cap. I presume you're behind that, raising that cap as well to get as many people in. Yeah, we certainly don't want a situation where Dublin acts as a bottleneck for the rest of the island. And so there are a few possible solutions to that. Obviously, talks are ongoing about the capacity at Dublin Airport. We also have a range of regional airports, both Mm -hmm. in Northern Ireland and across the rest of the island. Um, And I think another point to make is it's not always solely about volume, although, of course, 
you know, we want to be able to welcome volumes of visitors. Mm-hmm. We also want to be thoughtful about the value that visitors are bringing. And so you'll see a pivot in the industry towards thinking about the value that visitors bring to our communities, economies and so on, rather than simply driving up volume. So well, it's all of those considerations together. Let's increase well, access and I, let's look at value. I see you're, you're, you're quoted as talking about value going forward and the environmental responsibilities that uh, the tourism does have an impact on the, uh, the environment. Um, are you talking about some sort of cap for the number of people coming in or what did you mean by that or certain types of tourism? Yes. You know, I think in in years to come, our kids and our grandkids will ask us, well, what did you do at the time of climate change? And every industry is thinking about how to be more responsible. Um, and tourism is no different. Now, we want to think about the value that tourists can bring to communities right across the island, as well as then the carbon footprint. And how do we make sure that we're sustaining the environment? Mm. Certainly no thoughts of caps on visitors. We're, we're delighted to welcome visitors, but we're being thoughtful about where we spend our marketing budgets. And we think about uh, where do we have segments of visitors around the world where when they come to us, they tend to stay longer. They enjoy slow tourism around the regions and seasons. They're interested in things like, you know, biking, kayaking, rail, etc. Who are those segments of visitors that we can welcome in? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of market share that we can win in markets that have those segments before we need to go to the furthest flung parts of the world mm-hmm. and say, bring in people who maybe weren't planning to spend as much. So it's just being thoughtful about always weighing up carbon footprint versus the value that visitors bring. And the US is a good example, actually, because whilst US visitors need to travel to us, mm-hmm. when they're here, they spend more than any other segment that we welcome. And so the revenue per carbon footprint stacks up there. But you might make trade-offs if you had markets where people were coming for a day or two days, but had travelled the world um, and the carbon footprint was higher, but the value lesser. Do you see what I mean? So it's a balancing act. Well, value is a very important point. Um, Ireland is perceived as an expensive destination. It is expensive to get down there, expensive to have a meal, expensive to travel around, even rent a car. Uh, There's nothing that Tourism Ireland can do about that, is there? Well, it's a great point. And look, you know, when we survey overseas consumers, you're right, we're not seen as a low cost destination. We're seen as middle of the road. Um, so there are more expensive places than Ireland. Wow. Well, in terms of visitor perception, mm-hmm. um, we are seen as middle of the road. So more expensive than places like France, uh, Italy, Spain, for example. But we're seen as being less expensive than places like England and Denmark. And again, that's visitor perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the important thing here is you're right. Uh, we can't wave a magic wand and completely change the cost base for for all of the businesses in Ireland. Um But what we can do is make sure that we are matching supply with demand and we're targeting the right consumers, the kind of consumers who are excited with the product that we have on offer. Um, And so we're looking towards consumer segments who want to come and stay in our hotel stock. We're mostly now four and five star hotels Mm -hmm. post pandemic. And we're also looking at the seasons where people can get great value. Because remember, we don't want hotels to be you know, just chock a block uh, in August. Yeah, doing great business during the summer, but mm. then lying without business in other seasons. And so there are exciting this ideas there. This month must be a tough one, for example. November must be a tough one because it's just before Christmas and it's after, you know, the clock has gone back. Well, traditionally, uh, summer was the peak season and mm. everything else was down season, but we're really having great success extending the season. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example of a hook that might excite people to come to the island of Ireland at different times of year. Halloween 
everyone at home is probably packing up their decorations, but I'm going to touch on it one more time. Um, in that Halloween is actually celebrated by more Americans around the world than St. Patrick's Day. So imagine oh. that we had a second festival. It originated that we, here. That we started. Yeah. That we started, Joe. It originated here yeah. on the island of Ireland 2,500 years ago. So let's tell that story and have autumn be synonymous with Halloween on the island of Ireland. And then the spring synonymous with St. Patrick's Day. Now, very, very briefly, how, why did you go from such a tech world of Google to Tourism Ireland? Well, you're not the first person to ask me that. And people always look quizzical. But, but actually most people two, don't give you 30 seconds to give you the answer. OK, 30 <laughs> second answer. Um, the two are more connected than you might think. 80% of consumers book and research their travel online in this day and age. And mm-hmm. so when I was at Google, I would have worked with plenty of tourism businesses mm. who were getting themselves online in order to thrive. And Honestly, it's the honour of a lifetime to get to work for the tourism industry now, supporting economies and communities island-wide. Well, best of luck with it. Thank you, Joe. Um, Alice Manser there, the Chief Executive of Tourism Ireland. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.